Hello everybody, welcome to the 40th episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. My name is Jan Gustafsson, the man who single-handedly won the Vikings A Super Tournament with a little help of Anish Giri, beloved, on this podcast, where I am being joined by my dear, dear friends, Laurent Fressinet and Peter Heinen-Nielsen. Peter, where are you these days? I am back in the Lithuanian capital, Vilnius, and I have, well, already last evening I was hanging out at the, you know, central squares with the Belarusian and Ukrainian flags who are protesting there daily on Mondays, so... I'm really back in, in Eastern Europe, but else uh, back to the family, all good here. And I, I really enjoyed what I can say. I mean, last Friday I was out golfing, so that was, that was great. I managed to play tw 12 holes, you know, during Magnus was having some very boring ending against Wesley So, but I was, uh, you know, playing tw 12 holes of golf and it was really great to be back on the course. And I was, I mean, I could see that mentally I completely left the, tw uh, the chess world for, for two, three hours. So... You know, that was actually quite nice in that way. But um, I didn't have to Not pay to it. myself. It was sponsored by New and Chess. I really, you know, want to tell everybody who gives me a round of golf, I'm going to advertise their products here. So I will say that New and Chess, great book about uh, from Tiviakov recently. And uh, please, uh, let, let's get the golf sponsorship flowing to this podcast. Excellent stuff. If you had golf and Peter mentioning how much he thinks about chess in your drinking game, that's two shots, not one. <laughs> Laurent, speaking of holes, and uh, no. <laughs> how are you? Um, um, ah, not too bad, uh, I would say. But let's talk about you. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in Paris, you know. No, nothing exciting happened, but you are the, the hero. I mean, you made, you made something impossible happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a pity we don't have the, the clip from the preview where you talked about Anish's winning chances. But let's not talk too much about Anish. Let's talk I about mean, I, I, I will. No, I, I, I got some haters on Twitter. So on Twitter, who just clipped the thing. And okay, I will answer to that. No worries. Um, but where are you right now? Because you look like... It doesn't look like Thailand, as we uh, talked about before the show... You have some lights, though, which is a bit... So you are not at home, uh, that's for Both sure. Both true. Not in Thailand, not at home. I think you are a spy by now. I mean, oh. I don't know. You are I, I, I hired as a spy by everyone. Yeah, but spy uh, I don't by, know. By, whom is, <laughs> by whom is the question? I mean, it's... <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the Ding Liren training camp for the World Championship. <laughs> wow. That's a joke. That's a joke. Um... No, I'm in the beautiful city of La Linea next to Gibraltar. I'm visiting my dear friend Arne and I'll go into, into Gibraltar today. I haven't been since 2015. I used to live here, so it's ah. yeah, back to memory lane. Okay, from Vike to, to Gibraltar, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, this jet set life, this jet set life, it's getting to me. <laughs> so how long you will be there? Until the 5th, I think couple days i was hoping oh. for more sun when i arrived it was uh, raining and i felt like right back in in Vikansee. but no luck so far turns out even spain can have cold weather in whatever month we have january at the time of publishing probably february yeah yeah other than that um, not much happening of course the vike which we'll get to had a nice nice finish I, I went out for some very mild drinks and some chess playing 
with with the Dutch boys last night. Then I had a flight at 4 a.m. from Am or the transport from the hotel started at 4 a.m. from Am Amsterdam to to Malaga where I flew. Um, so I haven't slept much, and yeah, here we are. This is great podcasting already. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get into the, the Vikings Super Tournament? I think we should. All right. Anish Giri won. Plus four in the end. Eight and a half points out of 13. Dramatic final round where Abdus Satorov was in the lead half a point. Ahead of Anish, Abdus Satorov was facing Jorn van Forest with the white pieces. Anish had white against Rapport and yeah in a somewhat surprising turn of events Anish won his game against Rapport who yeah chose a I don't think I'm telling too many tales out of school somewhat surprising opening line this Rouser with G6 which I think for the situation was nice for Giri because it gives you sort of a risk-free position where white is a little better and the game didn't go perfectly, but Rapport made a big blunder near the end and went on to lose. And then Jorn van Forest, who had almost beaten Giri the round before with some, some very interesting opening stuff, went on to win with Black against Abdus Satorov, who was leading the tournament all the way. So Giri, Giri won, which of course was a beautiful start for me and I'm sure Peter was just as happy as it was my, my first tournament with with Anish as a as a second. So it was good and yeah made the long dark two and a half weeks of Vike a little more enjoyable. Peter Well the winner gets to, to write um, the, the history so I, I cannot uh, you know um, Say anything to what you say? Uh, I, I, I saw you were shaking your head. So where? where did yeah, I go yeah. Off? No, no. You were saying that I didn't appreciate Giri's win, and on the contrary, I, you know, I have already sent him a congratulatory e e email. Uh, well, that was also a couple of juridical questions in it as well. But uh, <laughs> it, 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 it did start with congratulations, uh, actually. So uh, I mean, well, yeah, that's how how it was. Um, you know, well, things happen. There's not much you can you can do about it. Uh, there is things that you are afraid of in this life, and when they actually happen, they don't turn out to be as bad as you expected. And uh, this was one of them. So, well, what do you want me to to, to say, right? I I probably even feel a bit, uh, let's say, pity for him for up to Satarov, but that's part of his uh, his learning curve to 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 have. A, I mean, he led the tournament basically from it started till um, you know the move before it finished, and. Um, that's a bit tough for him, I would say, from, from Magnus' perspective. Um, well, any tournament Magnus doesn't win is uh, is not uh, not great uh, the way we see it. I think Magnus tried tried his best. He recovered well from losing two games. At some point, he was minus one. He ended up with plus three, if I remember correctly, right? So that was uh, that was quite well. I mean, the, well, the problem is that when you are so good as Magnus, it uh, qualifies as a sort of a failure rather than a, uh, as a success. But, um, I mean, we generally had a good time. We, we th thought we recovered well. And, uh, you know, uh, a couple of night takes F7 in the right direction. It, uh, he would actually have, have won the event. So, in that sense, uh, it was an enjoyable event Wait, you would have made the tiebreak. Very unclear who would have won that one. <laughs> no, night takes F7 in two games. There will be no tiebreak. In two games? No, no. Yeah. Uh, maybe Magnus I missed one night takes F7. Yeah, that was... Uh, Jordan had Knight takes F7 winning against Geary, and Magnus had Knight takes ah. F7 winning against Prague. Reverse okay. 
these two results, and it Magnus wins uh, okay. on shared actually. So we so, only count the missed opportunities, not not the ones where he got, got some gifts or others got some gifts. Not at all. We can do the counting if you want. <laughs> if we <if> <laughs> have time, but uh, no. But no. it's amazing that I mean it's yeah. actually very surprising that Magnus. It's so good that he's losing a couple of games in the middle of yeah, the tournament, yeah, yeah. missing some opportunities, but winning so many games, creating so many chances that he's almost there at the end. I mean, it's only half point behind. I mean, he won and five games. He took, you know, risk in the games he lost trying to win them. I mean, he's uh, he's playing to win every game. And, uh, well, I mean, when you, you hit a low and then still comes that close, I think for us it's, uh, it's a decently positive... Uh, I mean, basically like Magnus has three kinds of result. Either he crushes the event... Either he plays badly and wins it, or he plays badly and gets close to winning it, but doesn't yeah. matter. So that's, uh, I mean, well, we are not uh, dissatisfied at all in that sense. And uh, we still think that, uh, you know, if Magnus chooses to play more tournaments, he will do well. Yeah, so I think you're a bit harsh with your boy, uh, <laughs> I mean, this last game, I thought, I mean, it looked quite good. Actually, I saw his his, his, um, his interview after the game and he thought he was better. And I saw, I mean... With this night, uh, I mean, like it looked quite, quite nice from white perspective. I thought it was, uh, I mean, in his style, you know, he played a very positional game, and okay, missed a couple of tactical things, but overall, uh, I thought it was a good game in his style. So I mean, he cannot uh, really. Um, I mean, of course, uh, Richie blundered, but I mean, Richie probably thought he was worse. I mean, this is very weird positions where you. You would think you are massively worse as black, but you are you are not actually. So that's why I think Richie basically uh, lost. But that, that was excellent opening uh, uh, opening position. Um, I mean, he got in excellent position. I mean, like he could press uh, to get a safe edge and uh, and play. And uh, well, that was a, a good game. I I don't think I said anything contrary, but yeah, it was uh, in the end. Yeah. King King G six, Rook takes D six and it's game over, the king goes to some other square and it's roughly roughly That's, equal. <laughs> that was a fantastic tactic by, by game. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. No, I mean last time, okay, I I, I okay, let, let, let's come to this. Because I was a bit I was a bit annoyed on Twitter, like people say come, ah oh, see Gay won a super tournament. So first of all, it's not exactly the first time I was saying that. I mean people can testify. So, I mean, I think he won his first tournament out of 30. So, okay, played probably. So this is not massively impressive. And he didn't get to, into his head because I think, and maybe you will confirm or deny that, Jan, but um, I don't think he was hating his chances to win the tournament, let's say, uh, two rounds before or the last, before the last round, very high. Because Abdul Satov looked in full control, he was playing incredibly well, didn't lose a single game, and suddenly uh, he lost uh, that one game against Jordan. So um, so I think Guy is playing, uh, he's of course a great player, but uh, under pressure I think he's a bit worse. Or, I mean, he's worse, for sure. Many times he, he showed it, but that time he was not under pressure because it was simply, I mean, the tournament victory was simply not happening. So he was playing very relaxed. It's my, my impression from outside. Yeah. Now that we've all congratulated Anish on his undefeated plus four, beating the world number one and two <laughs> and winning Vaikanze. Um, 
Let's uh, maybe get to our winners and losers list as to, yeah, the chances. I mean, it's a cliche, but I think in the moment you usually try to approach it game after game. And you, you can't force like a good position or a play position with the white pieces. But of course, you have to try to, to somehow win that last game and see what happens. Obviously, Abdus Satorov has much better chances going to the last round. He's half a point ahead uh, in his I, white. I, I, I disagree with you. That's exactly what Magnus is doing. He's uh, trying to ensure that he's playing all games. So that is a stylistic choice. Yeah, that very much is. But yeah, the, the opening went well in that last round against Rapport. But of course, there's no debate that Anish has a more, I don't know what you want to call it, theory-heavy style. He's probably not going to play 1b3 to make sure pieces remain on the board in the last round and then things can, can go either way. But overall, over the tournament, I would say, especially with White, he was quite successful putting pressure that there are stylistic differences and also that Magnus is a good player. I don't think anybody no, no, no. massively disagrees on. <laughs> no, no, I mean, we all agree that he played that game, played an excellent tournament plus four. It's an amazing score, especially in that uh, field where you, you didn't have any, let's, let's oh, say, Oh, but I spot. disagree uh, I mean, actually like, a bit. I mean, up to Satsuma, for instance, would play for a win against Eric Geisy with black, even in a Petrov and such. It is... Uh, it is more a choice than it's just uh, based on, on, on openings. I think. I think there are different styles and some of them, you know, they, they have mm -hmm. pluses and minuses. But, uh, but guys, Anish will not win many tournaments, I'm sure, in the future. Yeah. And he came back to hating, like, <laughs> he won one. Yeah, yeah, but let's also, I mean, discuss it. Let's make sure uh, he's still chicken of the week. <laughs> yeah, no, I have mm. other plans, but let's see. He, he, he didn't want to go to Tabex. Which is, I mean, I, 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 saw, I saw his interview and... Should have made a draw. Hope Jorn wins to, to make sure he goes to tiebreak. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, I agree with him that this tiebreak feels um, a bit ridiculous after such, you know, you play 13 classical games and then he decided in blitz, but it's in every sport the same. I mean, uh, you play uh, football, you have to play penalty at the end. So this is how it is. This is sport. I mean, you have to decide a winner and sometimes tiebreaks, of course... Of course, they are very, very random. That's uh, uh, that's for sure. They are very random, and at the end, Magnus wins. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's not that, that random. But well, yeah. randomness depends a bit on the format. In World Championship matches, I don't think they are that random. No, no. Yeah, that's true. No, I was half kidding. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not. Yeah. I mean, because there is always, you know, Magnus lost maybe two tie breaks in his life. I mean, since he's uh, world champion, so there is not too much. Uh, uh, randomness. When you and uh, Peter and I are playing, I mean, there is a lot of randomness. Let's, <laughs> lot let, of let, let's face it. But no, no, we, we all agree that uh, Gary played fantastic uh, game. I mean, he's, he's the only one with uh, hitting so so badly. I mean, in the opening in the openings, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, as wide the position is getting. Uh, is the only one basically to do that on such. So I don't know if it was just. You need, I mean, we all know, you also need an element of luck to get in your, your prep. I don't know if it was just um, a bit, you know, fortunate event that he got so many prep in or if he's just amazingly good at, at preparing, but probably a bit of both. He won one game due to the openings, right? No, but he got he got excellent position against Rapport. Yeah, yeah, but that's not why he, he won the event. He won one game 
in the opening. No, 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 no. Um, another yes. one. Uh, okay, against Magnus, he got excellent position. I mean, you cannot say that against Magnus. The opening has nothing to do with uh, with the result. I mean, he got a very pleasant position to play. No, he, he didn't get a pleasant position. Magnus blundered in a good position. But it was a difficult position to play for Magnus. No, he was trying to win it, of course. Okay, I don't know why what Jan is... I think the opening uh, against Manux was a success for, for Gay. Um, okay, I'm puzzled with your statement. Sure. I'm just enjoying this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Keep, uh, keep talking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no I mean, so he has the skill to, you know, to catch people. So, um, yeah, I didn't notice it. That, I mean, he's always very well prepared, but uh, yeah, yeah, to such an extent, it's very impressive. So congratulations. Yeah, let's move on to our winners and losers list. I had Anish as as a winner. He won <laughs> the event, won his first, arguably his first super tournament. Uh, it depends if you want to count. Rachel Emilia or Shenzhen, you can look up many long fascinating tweets on, on that topic. No, but I would no, say Vike uh, 2023 does qualify. So congratulations to him. Then I, n I I never tweeted about that. You are, you are such a hater. Never, never, ever. Find a single tweet about yeah, that. Yeah, I think people who listen to the first 15 minutes can, can tell what a hater I am. Um, <laughs> let's move on to Abdus Satorov, who, 18 years old, played an absolutely amazing event until the final round had plus four, also undefeated looked very much in control, very confident, coached by our dear friend, um, Rustam Kazimchanov, who, as we all know, is a great mentor, great second as well. He looked fantastic and confident. Then, of course, he had this last round, which I'm not sure if you want to chalk it up to nerves, the situation. Um, tough luck. Also, one has to give credit, I think, to Jorn van Forest, who was incredibly close to beating Giri in the round before that, as mentioned. And then with the black pieces, also thinking draw might be a good result for Abdus Satorov there. Chose a very sharp opening, and I'm not sure something he knew that deeply went for a fight and got, got rewarded there. So Jorn very much had the tournament victor in his hands. But Abdus Satorov, he has to be counted a winner. This was, I think, his first formal Just world-class player, super tournament. Even with the last round loss, he scored plus three. Finished second, won 20 rating points. I'm sure he'll be disappointed. But out of all the kids, we'll get to the other kids. He was the one who, yeah, looked just amazing throughout. And I was incredibly impressed. He looked so good uh, during the... Especially in the, in the middle of the tournament. And he, he was slowing down a bit. But okay, I mean, we, we shouldn't uh, <laughs> blame him uh, at all, uh, at all, of course. And he may, he may made a quick draw as white well against Ding. Uh, which shows, which showed already some sign of, you know, uh, of being a bit nervous, uh, you know. Um, maybe winning. Okay, he was, the previous day, he, had, um, he was defending against uh, Kamer. So, yeah, the end of the tournament was not uh, that good, but yeah, overall, he showed his class, uh, beating Magnus in the process, um, showing he could hold. I mean, his game against Giri, well, he, he showed like uh, he has a great prep. He's playing this uh, um, Queen's Gambit accepted, the slash Petrov, so great, uh, great solid repertoire, probably. Rustam. That's, that's the cousin repertoire, no? Every new, every new student gets to yeah. play Queen's Gambit accepted in Petrov. <laughs> 
Like, I'm not sure. I've been trying to sell Marshall stuff for 10 years. Cousin will do 20 years with QGA and Petro. Yeah, but look, I mean, he's, he's making... A, it, works, uh, it worked very nicely, both against Anish and against Wesley in the next game. Especially against the guy who is, uh, I mean, maybe the, the best... Was uh, incredibly well prepared and was catching so many people as white. But he just made the draw without, you know, I mean, without any problems. So overall, yeah, uh, he showed that he's part of uh, that soon. His rating, I don't know what his live rating, but 27.30, but soon uh, he will get uh, close to, I mean, between 27.50 and 28.00, I don't know. It's always hard to guess, of course, um, where he will uh, will stand uh, at the end of the day. And if he will be top two, top three, world champion, who knows? But he's clearly after, of course, my boy Ali Reza, uh, the um, the most solid uh, hope, I guess. So I mean, future star of tomorrow, or maybe today already. I yeah. don't know. I mean, probably today actually, because he was already a world rapid champion. Uh, he almost won this this uh, super this super tournament. So. Very impressive, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to see him. Won the Olympiad with Uzbekistan in spite of a mediocre performance <laughs> on board one, only eight and a half out of 11. Yeah, come on. Yes, uh, this is incredible. Every time I say something wrong, I I hear about it for, 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 for 10 weeks, you know? <laughs> for sure. No, I was very impressed. And yeah, the guy is just a winner. Didn't work out here in the last round. But yeah, very, very, very impressive. Mr. Abdusatorov. Then, yeah, we already talked quite a bit about Magnus in third place, also on 8 out of 13. Like Abdusatorov, you can debate if you want to count him as a winner or not a winner. Peter mentioned, yeah, the expectations are, of course, if he doesn't win a tournament, it's not a success. But to come back from, from that minus one and winning the most games in the field, winning five games. The spirit also in the last round after he had this heartbreak against Pragnananda in the penultimate where he missed some chances and Pragnananda defended amazingly. So, yeah, just by will beating Erigaisi was uh, was very impressive as well. And, yeah, I think you guys mentioned hard to be too disappointed, but I'm not sure if it counts as a as a win in the Carlson camp if he doesn't win a tournament. Still, still, he's a loser. Uh, to me in that tournament, okay, this couple of games uh, in the middle of the tournament just wind it and uh, made it, uh, we, we said impossible last week. I said impossible. I was wrong. Again, I was wrong. It was very close at the end of the day. I thought he had no chances to 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 win the tournament, but that was the first time I'm, I'm surprised by uh, Magnus and he's showing that, okay, uh, he can come back from almost every situation. Um, but still, uh, he didn't win the tournament. And uh, yeah, when he doesn't win, I think um, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be counted. Whatever happens, he shouldn't be counted as a, as a winner, as a so-called winner. Fair enough. One guy who I think we can count as a winner is Parham Masudlu, who finished only in sixth place. I'm jumping Wesley and Karana here, who will get to as well but Parham a last minute replacement for Duda in the event also not very experienced at super tournament level just fought every game with some risks that uh, chickens like me looked very very unreasonable but he was rewarded in the end winning was it his last two defeating Levon Aronian who had not, not lost a game since 
in the last round, finishing on plus one. And yeah, just a, a breath of fresh air, however you want to call it, in this super tournament scene. I don't, I don't know him, but he won his last three in a row even, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he also seems to be very liked by, by players and, and fans for his style. And people just seem to be in a good mood where, when they see him. So I guess congratulations. That was uh, very, very enterprising stuff. Also showing no signs of slowing down, no signs of respect, playing every game for a win. Good stuff by Parham. Peter, what say you? Well, I was generally caught out there on, on Abdul Satsarov, so I would like to, to praise him for his, his... I think he had an incredible attitude over the board and how, how he sort of approached things. I generally see him as a huge winner because uh, of the talents. He was obviously the standout. Having said that, of course, uh, being that close to a tournament victory and then having this kind of feeling of it uh, all melding away uh, in, in the last round could perhaps hurt him psychologically in the long run. I doubt it. He seems very much uh, an impressive sporting character, and uh, no, he very much impressed me in, in this event. About Parham, I, I genuinely agree. He was, uh, I mean, he got in very late, and I think he was a very great choice by the organizers. I was a bit surprised they, they took him, but that only gives away that they know more about these things than me. I think he was playing very interesting uh, chess, and uh, I thought that against uh, the strong field, He would suffer quality-wise, but that didn't... I mean, he did on a couple of games, but he ended up on a plus score. So basically, no, I mean, he was a sort of happy addition to the tournament, I think, very, very well. So, yeah, yeah, no, he, he was... Um, he was, yeah, again, uh, very, very interesting to watch. And he, he won the last three, which is very interesting, because this is uh, the Vikanze magic. I think only in Vikanze it can happen. That uh, people uh, will come to it later, like uh, Eregezi collapse or Max Blue wins three games in a row. I mean, this doesn't happen. But I mean, you have to take your. I mean, it's not so. Some people are collapsing, that's for sure, at the end of the tournament. But it's not like you have to. I mean, you have to be good to collect points. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you sit, you just play some moves and, and collect the point. I mean, this. These people who are collapsing, they are anyway very, very difficult to 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 beat. So this is clearly, you know, uh, something you know um, uh, about your stamina, about your you know you know your spirit. And uh, well, this is not easy to to do after uh, <laughs> three weeks in Vike to win the last three. To to I mean to have the motivation to to win the he was on minus two. So and um, to have this motivation and uh, show some. Uh, Something about his sporting ability and his, uh, his love for chess as well. Uh, so it shows a lot of competitive skills. So kudos to, to him. And yeah, uh, as you mentioned, Jan, he was the late uh, replacement. So that made it even more difficult. Yeah, you could also tell. I don't think his mood or his self-belief ever wavered, even when, <laughs> when losing a game like he was there with his... I guess yeah, but that's friend and colleague Tabatabai who was playing in the challengers group and he always seemed when I saw him like I said I don't know him in a very cheerful mood and clearly every game he very much believes in himself and plays for a win but which, that's yeah, great is, is very impressive especially in rainy white that's something yeah, we're, sure. we're dreaming Be because look at us we play a bad move and we think we are just uh, the worst player in the, in the world yeah so yeah he can lose a few games and he, he doesn't care yeah still believe in himself so this is a, a good yeah an, an unbelievable thanks then we have some cases where i have a question mark here if we want to consider them a winner or not let's maybe start with gukesh who is a little 
down the table, he actually finished shared 11th on five and a half out of 13. I have to say, I was still impressed with him. He had a horrible, horrible start with, I don't know, minus four, was it? And then managed to, he's only 16 years old, um, not collapse in this field during this very, very long tournament. Went on to win two games, I think, not lose another one. Hang in there. To me, it was impressive. He showed his, his character, his fighting qualities, his stamina. Obviously, there's some work, as mentioned, I think, in his, uh, in his opening repertoire and playing against this, this top field. But I was very impressed. And when we're debating talents, somehow we tend to think of them as all the same, like Keimer, Gukesh, Erigaisi, Pragnanda. But Gukesh is 16, like the other guys are 18 or 19. So I'm, I'm impressed. And okay, I don't think you have to be a fortune teller to say Gukesh will be back and he's, he's a tough, tough kid. Yeah, I thought um, Peter is now not talking, not talking at all. Yeah, Peter, you, you, Peter you, you get to talk. I said something. No, more. no, I'm I'm here all the time. Yeah, uh, um, so I, I saw the last postcard, uh, another uh, wrong prediction from me. Uh, I thought Gukesh would end up on minus six. I mean, he was playing poorly. He was losing one game after another, not one game after another, but he was already on minus four. Um, and then suddenly he won two games, played a good game against uh, Magnus. Uh, well, and seemed to to enjoy the process, uh, which is <laughs> completely sick to me. I mean, uh, to I mean to to be on minus four so quickly and and to stop losing and even win a couple of games is something uh, that tells a lot about you. So yeah, a first half disaster and uh, second half uh, great success. So yeah, has to be mentioned yeah, the well, swing game against his colleague Pragnanda where I think he was much worse than Pragnanda thought forever and blundered. And that, of course, gave him this win and maybe the will to come back. So it could have gotten ugly. But overall, yeah, hats off to Gukesh for, for hanging in there. I was very impressed. Peter? I think, I mean, you are a bit too, 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 too strong in positivity there. I think that, well, his stock has fallen a bit. There was problems. I'm very impressed with his attitude, his comeback. But as you also mentioned, he was... Uh, centimeters away from a, a minus five. So I think like, um, well, I mean, Abdusatrov got ended up with some kind of bad experience. Of course, Gukesh saved it and probably will go from there with, with a positive mood. But um, I agree that he's only 16 and that is uh, very, very impressive. But we have seen him in better shape than, than here is my, my impression. But I mean, it's reasonable that a 16-year-old is not able to, to manage it that well. And uh, I think especially his over-the-board attitude very much impressed me. He seems uh, very serious, very dedicated, and uh, the psychological things seems also to be there because he managed to recover. So I very much agree with uh, a, a bright future, but I would not highlight him compared to others right now, as I have probably done before. No, I don't think the final result is, is impressive, but yeah, the, mm -hmm. the character, I thought, I agree. was very much so. Pragnanda's tournament was a bit reverse from Gukesh's. He started on plus two, then went on to lose three games, finished on minus one, which, yeah, is still very decent results. I'm, I'm sure he won rating, but it will leave a different taste in his, in his mouth having the results come in that way. Any thoughts on Pragnanda? I'm shocked by uh, the way he won games and the way he lost games, actually, which is... Stylistically, completely different from uh, any other um, 
kids, uh, I mean kids, uh, let's say young, young players from that age. I mean, he won brilliant uh, end game. And in complicated, where he was in complicated stuff, where when he was under attack, he showed some sign of you know these, these kids normally is a different like like machine, but uh, he was playing poorly at times, and so he has a style. Uh, yes, for me, he has a very special style. So it's it's amazing to watch. Uh, while the result is, uh, of course, at the end of the day, it doesn't look too good because he wasn't plus two. And almost, um, I mean, fighting for first place. Um, so I don't know. Uh, for me, it's um, it's uh, just a, a weird style uh, and uh, something very pleasant to to watch, uh, of course. But I I don't know. I would say um, yeah. I, 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 before the tournament, I was expecting him to to do this kind of score. So I don't know if he's a winner or loser. Probably blah blah. Yeah, probably probably neither. The style thing is interesting. I also debated it with Anish and I think some other people for the young players. Of course, they're all very different. But my feeling is maybe it's particularly with Pragnananda that usually these young guys, they are well prepared, strong in the opening. I think Pragnananda is also quite well, well prepared. And they're also, which is maybe counterintuitive, I think they're all very good in the end game. Also, Abdus Satorov is a great technician. Okay, Keimer had his incidents in rook end games, but I also thought of him as a good good endgame player. Well, sometimes, once again, I'm not sure if you can generalize this, but it feels like that these complicated middle games, they're a little tougher, these, these structures and so on. Of course, they're great calculators, but I'm, I'm not sure that's the strength of young players when we think usually they should be great at complications and tactics. It feels to me, and once again, this is just a feeling that sometimes that's where the lack of experience can tell more while they're all excellent or in in end games and usually in openings. But I could be wrong. I'm curious. What do you think, Peter? I don't know. I mean, I think it's difficult to sort of put them into yeah, they're labels, all different, of course. La labels like, like that. I mean, I had very mixed feeling with Pragnananda, which is pretty obvious from someone going to being in the lead to ending up in the bottom half. I don't have a cl clear picture of him. I think that um, it's very much up and down. And like with Gukesh at this age... It's probably better to be up and down than to be stable. I mean, sometimes it works and he does very well against uh, strong players. Other times you see things where you're a bit puzzled. And, uh, well, that's probably normal for, for a young player. I also liked his, uh, his attitude in general. And, um, well, I mean, I think, well, what's noteworthy with the end game is that, uh, well, the end game comes at the latter stage of the, the game. So mm -hmm. one thing is end game technique, another thing is that, um, You need more energy stamina. and, and think, yeah, yeah. stamina yeah. like that. As well, I think maybe it's an under... So, but, I mean, their endgame plays will be better in Wyke than, for instance, in other tournaments simply because of the time control. Yeah, so sure. I think that's that, that's a factor as well. I mean, Wyke actually has a very slow time control compared to modern times, which means that you get a chance to defend better in, in endings. So, and you can like that or not. But I think that that's... I mean... That's something that should be taken into account when we praise people's endings here compared to other places is that they actually have much more time. For sure. With Praganda in general, or even in Rapid, I was always impressed with his technique. He's patient. He doesn't play the quickest win, but he never really lets go either. And here, this game against Ding, I think he ground out nicely against Jordan when he had a bad end game. He also didn't really give Jordan, Jordan a chance. Um, but yeah, the final result, I, I'm not sure... We can count him as a winner or he will see himself as a winner. But he did show 
he belonged also with the score. Yeah, I think you made a very good point. As you said, game technique is also a lot about very precise uh, shot calculations. Yeah. So and and it seems to be very good. And maybe it's a lack of experience. This middle games. Uh, uh, stuff. I mean, when the, when this king was under attack, uh, yeah, he was not he was not very happy with. So I, I mean, like it, it was clear that he, he was he was uh, very uncomfortable with. So yeah, probably it's a lack of experience as well. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Let's move on to another question mark on my list. Jorn van Forest. Bit of a Gukesh story there as well. Bad start. I, I'm not sure where it was minus three. I think, but then. Went yeah. on to stabilize one, two games as well, finishing on six out of 13, minus one. Jordan, of course, the big surprise winner in 2021, but had a rough year 2022. And once again, I think he showed spirit, especially in these last two games against Anish. There was, of course, very anxious moments. There's also some, some dynamic there between the two who, of course, know each other well. Um, that Jordan, yeah, he's willing to play very risky openings and put put a lot of pressure. And against Giri, he sacrificed an exchange when Black had many ways, but the way the way it went, he got a yeah, I think at some points completely winning position. Then allowed Giri to to stay in the game at a moment or two, and Giri managed to slip away in a still unpleasant endgame. But even after that marathon game in the last round, he still. Played sharply against Aptusatorov, put pressure, exploiting the situation a bit. One so overall, to me, he's more a winner than than a loser. He started badly, but I think he won rating. And after his shaky results in 2022, here, yeah, hung in there. And yeah, I think it was a success for him, even though I'm sure he won't be happy with the final score. I, I generally agree, uh, but halfway through, it looked like. Um it was not just that uh, Jordan was out of shape. He looked like a bad player compared to what he was, and that he managed to completely whisk away. He just blundered a lot also in the first half, like some one-move blunders. Yeah, that's one thing, but also he actually defended a couple of bad positions. It could have been even worse. So, I mean, in the beginning you got the impression, okay, something is completely off with Jordan, but uh, then he started actually doing uh, very well. Uh, and uh, you could see, no, Jordan is still a very strong, creative player. So I think he will come away from it with huge confidence. But had you reversed the order of the game, he wouldn't. But, uh, well, the order of events matters a lot to the sort of uh, the feeling you take away from it. So I think, uh, I think actually it will boost Jordan's confidence. And also you could see that, uh, I mean, he's a very interesting player. And, uh, I mean, it's good, good to have him around. So... I mean, to call him a winner would be an insult for someone who made minus one when he's a former tournament uh, winner. But um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, taking all things into consideration, he will look at it with generally positive feeling. It will be good for his career. Let's, let's insult uh, Jordan. I will call him a winner. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, he had a poor year. The tournament is very strong. Okay, of course, I hate what he did in the last couple of rounds. Uh, his results, but yeah, he just uh, <laughs> spoiled the tournament completely. But yeah, uh, kudos to him. Uh, short gate fighting spirit, where he had nothing to play for. So yeah, um, no, that's a positive experience. Finally, after after this uh, this poor year 2022 for him. So that's good. For sure. Maybe let's move on to the list of losers before we get to the very exciting blah category. 
the biggest loser in the event. Under very special circumstances, of course, but still, I think it's hard to debate. Has to be, uh, maybe not the biggest, but Ding Liren, who lost 23, 24 rating points. Finished on, what was it? Minus two, five and a half out of 13. Won his first game, actually, and then went on to score minus three. Lost his world number, number two position. He experimented a bit in the openings, I'm guessing. Played a lot of one E4s, which is not his usual first move. We speculated if this was match strategy or just yeah, him trying to expand his range a little bit. Had a bit of a backbreaker also against Anish, where he played knight f3, got a very promising, but very, very complicated position. And then, yeah, I think played well, way below his level at some points and went, went on to lose that. What do you think about Ding? What's, what's happening with him? Is he just focused on the match? What's going on there? Well, I would say it's somewhat scary. I mean, he didn't look uh, like a very strong player in this event. I mean, for Ding's sake, we can hope for that. Uh, well, you know, it's match jitters. We all remember um, um, Karana having a horrible wike and then winning the candidates afterwards. I mean, the positive story is that he is um, in a completely different mindset and that he didn't care about results. He was only, you know, trying to... To, to, to warm up for, for the challenge of his life. And um, so that can end, I mean, that's going to be the story if when Ding becomes the world champion. If Ding, for instance, loses the match, even by a considerable score, well, this will be the one that Ding 2023 did not at all look like tw Ding 2019. Uh, so, uh, I mean, of course, it, it's scary. And you can also see that the the odds uh, on the match have has changed somewhat uh, by the bookmakers based on this. Um, I mean, some of the games things seemed uh, very weak. I mean, for instance, well, you mentioned the game with with Geary. I think he's uh, he had numerous ways to probably win the game and made some very strange uh, decisions. Also, in other games, you saw things from Ding that was very unusual for the level we are used to. So it's somewhat puzzling. Also, well, you see Ding and Wagen say he's completely alone. It's a strange situation to, for a person to be in so shortly before a world championship match. So, I mean, I would be, be worried in, uh, well, I don't know, in his shoes or in the, well, China's team's uh, things, but maybe they have their ways of doing it and we will see a completely different ding. But if we see anything resembling this kind of ding in, uh, in Kazakhstan, uh, it's going to be extremely difficult for him. I think he has one, one last chance to win this, this match. is to hire uh, Jan for, for the match. I mean... Uh, Jan is making miracles. We forgot you in the winners. It's only a matter of money, Ding. I mean, come on, this guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not that much money. <laughs> it's not that much money and it's only a matter of money. So it's fine. <laughs> Either way. So go ahead and take Jan. And um, you can take me uh, as well as an uh, entertainer. Ah, yeah, we, we, we did the math, the ding. It's very possible to work from <laughs> Thailand. We have to wake up a little early, but it should be fine. You'll have the files uh, at, at like 2 p.m. So we'll be in Thailand and you will join us uh, after the match. If you if you lose, uh, we'll have a great party. And if you win, we will have a great party anyway. So, so it's a uh, win-win uh, situation. Yeah. Don't consider that. Yeah, no, it was just, um, well, uh, wrong. It, it went wrong from the very start. I mean, round two. <laughs> uh, since round two, it just went stable for, for Ding. Uh, well, he had chances against Gay, sure. But uh, anyways, I mean, <laughs> it was just not 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 the same thing. We, we, we all agree. And yeah, I'm very worried for the match. Yeah, also, 
I'm not sure how much predictive power it has. There were, of course, some some examples where someone did badly and then did well. But I don't know a chess player who is playing rated games against his colleagues and is then thinking, nah, I don't care. It's yeah. just warm-up. It always leaves a mark, even if you don't play your your main openings. You're, you're always trying, and his chess quality just just wasn't there this time. So, as a Ding fan, I hope he I mean, recovers. Well, you can remember Bilbao 2008, uh, shortly before the Anand... Uh, Kramnik World Championship match that you also saw Vichy playing uh, E4 all the time, didn't work, ended up on minus one, and then played his best match afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's uh, it should more be seen as a bit random, but of course a bad result uh, will have some kind of effect. It, it really depends on, also it's his, his first match and such. I mean, it would be weird if he's not starting to doubt his own level now. So I think generally I agree with you. I'm just saying that, well, historically I'm not completely sure, but I, I haven't cared enough to sit and check this. It's not, it's not that kind of stuff I do for my living, right? So, yeah. No. <laughs> You're doing all that stuff. <laughs> <specific>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On Twitter. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then the other guy who I think has to be very disappointed is the man in last place, Arjun Erigaisi, who started with six draws. In these draws, he was also under pressure in quite some of them, but he, he fought well, but then went on to collapse, ended on four out of 13. That's what, minus five. And yeah, just couldn't couldn't hang in there, which I think is also this Vike effect, Laurent, that you described, no? That sometimes you, yeah, yeah. things don't go well and it's raining. Yeah, we cannot, we cannot judge. And yet this, uh, you know, fighting spirit, uh, well, he's playing every game like nothing happened in the previous game, but uh, he was losing every day, basically. So, uh, at the end of the tournament. So, yeah, and this Vike effect. You can't judge uh, people on on that tournament uh, fully. So, I'm I'm still very much looking forward to see guys in different tournaments because he was so impressive uh, in previous tournaments. But, yeah, uh, that was simply a disaster. And his style played against him because he has this very uncompromising style, uh, sharp style. So he's playing always for a win, uh, look for, for chances. But yeah, when you are uh, in poor shape, then, uh, then it's going very, very, very wrong. I also have the feeling, I'm not sure this is true, but I have the feeling that he's trying very hard to surprise in the opening more often than, than not. I think he played Grunfeld here maybe for for the first time in one of his games. And if you do that and things aren't going well, I think you have to put in so much work. And then if your energy gets a little lower near the end of the tournament, maybe that also caught up with him, the, the length of the event and the work he was doing. Because it looks to me like there's a lot of work going, going into the openings, also on a game-by-game -game basis, trying to come up with something new. I don't know how it works for, for them, but I guess he was with someone, he was there, so maybe he was... Yeah, my friend Srinat Narayanian was there as a second. So ma maybe he doesn't have much to... Okay, you still have to check files, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know how it works in, in their team, so... Yeah, I don't. I'm, I mean, it's uh, hard to say for, from outside, but yeah, it was really... Yeah, I'm also speculating, but I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. he does a lot of work, and of course, that can also be energy training. Yeah, of course. Peter? Yeah, sorry, I didn't hear the question. There's no question, but if you want to speak on any of the players, you can do so at <laughs> no, any No, not p particularly. I mean, maybe Kamer. 
I mean, yeah. I, I had a lot of hopes for him um, in the beginning. He also gave this impression that he just was not strong enough. Then in the end, end you sort of uh, at least reversed that picture a bit. He was quite impressive in a couple of games. Um, his score was also affected by, I think, lose, uh, not winning to, to one endings uh, and stuff like this. So Three, arguably. Maybe three. I think the overall verdict is perhaps not as bad as the, the, the score reflects. Uh, and I think also he belongs in the category who was uh, must have been shocked uh, halfway and then somehow recovered in a way, which also gives something away that having a, a good fighting character. But at some point I started doubting, okay, maybe I have heavily overestimated Kamer, then I somehow corrected that point of view. So it's also typical for these tournaments that they actually have serious several faces uh, and things like this. Uh, well, Eric Geisy, I think, was entertaining, but uh, maybe also in a way that hurts him uh, a bit uh, at times. He would, uh, you know, maybe take... He would play interesting games and try to be very competitive, but um, that's a risky strategy against such strong players. Yeah, for Vincent, as his number one fan, of course, the final result is disappointing. Minus three. I wouldn't say it's a disaster. He probably didn't even lose that much that much rating, but it's not what he hoped for. I think the level was there after a rocky start. He got a lot of good positions. He clearly won the competition, or to my mind, who threw away the most half points in some Winning endgames, he had like three rock endgames. Two of those were at least clearly winning or were winning, not easily winning, but were winning at some point. And also some of the games he lost, he he missed some chances. So I think overall, yeah, he didn't collapse. I think ended with, I don't know how many draws, seven draws in a, in a row. But he surely after finishing second in the World Rapid Championship where he looked so impressive. Just like Eric Aisi, who also had an amazing World Rapid, I'm sure. They had different hopes. But I'll remain a fan at the chess level, I I think, is very much there to also play with these guys. Sorry, Laurent. Uh, about Kevin, no, no, please, please, it's your boy, so you should uh, you should be the, the first one to, you know, to, to go into the topic and the most enthusiastic. But I will be maybe even more enthusiastic than you, because uh, since the World Rapid and now in Vike, I see him outplaying uh, the best player in the world. Like I mean, like on a not on on a daily basis, basically. I mean, he's he's outplaying well, all these guys. They do play a lot of games and each day, so that's uh, you know easier there. No, but against Magnus, he, this bishop g five, he put so much pressure. Yeah, no, but it looks so easy for him. I mean, like he's getting all this, you know, because his opening play is not incredibly ambitious. Let's face it. But then you get some middle game and then he's just better than the guy. Okay, he didn't convert on a numerous, yeah. numerous time. But I see it. I mean, this this um, capacity of uh, outplaying people in uh, in normal, you know, uh, nothing special position, I think it's, uh, it's <laughs> an ability which is very rare. And uh, I see him. I see. I see. For Vincent, I really see a bright future. I mean, really, I was really impressed by this skill, and I think this is a skill which is very, very difficult to learn or or, or, or to master. And he has it simply. Yeah, I agree. These problems looked more to be conversion, which is maybe yeah. easier to fix yeah. than this gift he has for outplaying people. You you just make some, you know. This yeah, it's it's much more. Um, um, easy to fix because you know you just need to to make some some training in end games you know precise calculations you know end, end game technique and I think this is yeah this is a much uh, smaller is it, problem. Is it a course you are offering or sort of 
<laughs> no, no, I, I, I leave uh, Vincent to, to, to Jan. Jan was... Like I've, five. Never, I've never made it to an endgame. It's very hard to do in 21 moves. <laughs> he has five, uh, you know, five top players under his, you know, already. So the next year maybe he will be completely sure to win Vike because he will be training all the, all the guys there. So I don't know. But you guys will stay with Magnus, who wins every other Vike, so it's, it's still going to be a challenge. But I'll try to get the rest of the field. <laughs> yeah, so it actually becomes a fair contest then, yeah? Yeah, those were the, the winners and losers. I have some who I listed as neither. Curious what you think. For me, it's Karana, who started with plus two, looking good. Uh, a bit like the candidates, then lost this game to Magnus, which was a bit due to one-move blunder, but already his position, I think, was a bit dangerous. So there was an impressive game where Karana was white. And then he went on to draw his remaining games, finished on plus one. Of course, no disaster, but not a massive success either. Thoughts on Fabi? Small, small loser. It's not impressive. Mm. He used to, to win more games, to be more nasty in openings. Uh, that was not uh, the case. So, yeah, when he gets his game going, you know, he can win a, a bunch of games, but he never really did. So it's no disaster, of course, but I, I would still call him a loser. I mean, plus one for Fabi is uh, it's not enough. Yeah, it's rating expectation, but of course we still expect more from him. Then we had Levon Aronian, who was on plus one until he lost the final round, finished on 50%, which I guess is also roughly rating expectation. He yeah seemed happy to take it slowly after some not so great results in 2022 didn't seem to mind a reasonably quick draw with both colors and yeah got lost his plus score in the last round i'm not sure he seemed to be having a good time was accompanied by by his dad but it didn't look like he was that ambitious in the tournament peter thoughts on the americans there's also wesley if you want to chime in on wesley yeah i think especially levon uh, it's necessary to praise the way he was dressed there he was just uh, impeccable and very entertaining uh, i think um, no, I remember some breakfast, there was this debate about uh, who is the best dressed player, and I think I just pointed to Levin and said that, well, just look at him, he's obviously the best dressed player, and also... For context, he was wearing a hoodie in like 715 different colors that morning. I, it, was, it was amazing, I mean, that's the point. I think he's just, it's just natural talent, right? He just dresses the way he wants, and it looks uh, spectacular. I think chess-wise, he's also happy because he really had a tough time. And the question was, is he not a top player anymore? And I think he still is. He's probably not world elite, but he's, uh, he belongs there. It makes sense having him in a top tournament, so that's good. And um, I also agree with Fabi and, uh, and So. I mean, they were like themselves, but perhaps not in the absolute best shape. Uh, so, I mean, So was not trying to win the event. Uh, that's perhaps typical for him, but he should have. He had a couple of games where it was obvious he should put pressure and, uh, you know, for, due to the tournament standings, and he was barely trying. Well, Fabi is Fabi. Not as strong as he used to be, but uh, still ends up on plus one. So there is, uh, you know, it's the, maybe the same feeling at the candidates at some point, that he can be a brilliant player, but he is not a brilliant player often enough uh, these days to, to be very sort of uh, completely elite. But um, it could, he could get it back again. It, I, I'm undecided on that one. Yeah, we should mention Wesley finished on plus two, seven and a half out of... 13. It felt a bit once he got this plus two, I think he beat. Was it Gukesh and 
Prockner and uh, I, can't, I can't. And Kamer, Kamer. And Kamer, yeah, sorry. Um, that it felt like he shut down a little bit and started being even more solid than he usually is, which is hard to be. It's, yeah, what, what Peter Svidler said that sometimes you maybe feel some regret thinking that Wesley, he could be even so much more because he's so incredibly strong. But it's a style that we've seen for years. It has brought him some victories, of course, many good stable results. And I think it is what it is. If you sort of think and act like a chicken, which kind of coach should you get to improve your results? Yeah, we all know the name. Yeah, so it's easy. So maybe him, you should add him to the no, portfolio with, as well. With Wesley, I mean, it could be almost a nickname. I mean, like plus two undefeated. I mean, if you would, I, I wouldn't follow. If I wouldn't follow at all, uh, Vike. I would ask, uh, how did Wesley in the tournament? You, you would tell me plus two undefeated. That wouldn't come as a, even a slight surprise. I mean, that's what I was. Sounds very normal now for a Wesley result. Yeah, that's what you would predict, actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we would predict. Um, and for for Levon, I was really scared. No, I want to say a quiz. Who dubbed me PH five point zero five point five in uh, new and chess based on that? Uh, you know, in a tournament, I would make uh, two wins and seven draws. It's Sotowski, like every of course it, it, <coughs> question of yours. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Sotowski called me that in Union Chess way, way back. So, oh. you know, we go back a long way. And uh, I, I mean, while I criticize it here on the show. Guys, uh, have a shot. Have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. Anyway, you can go. You can go on with your story. Yeah, Levon. I mean, I was very really scared um, about for for him. I mean, as he was, mu- I, I mean, he's much older than the rest uh, of the field, <laughs> and um, yeah, he had a poor year last year. So it could have. I I, I thought it it was very clever to to keep it solid because it could have gone wrong for for Levon. So I think it's overall, even if he doesn't win any rating. I mean, it's overall a success, yeah. It still shows that he's there. No, it, was, it was a clever approach. It's a long tournament. People are young, so let's keep it uh, under control. I think that was the right strategy. Okay, not very ambitious one, but... Yeah, losing last round with White to Parham wasn't, wasn't part sure, of the plan. Sure, sure. But sure. Uh, that, yeah, he played very tight. Anybody yeah. we did not mention, Rapport, also on 50%, also up and down, bad start. Then won all of a sudden three games, then lost the last round we talked about. Hard to say for me. I saw on Twitter someone criticized us for saying he didn't have a great 2022. Um, I, even though he did quite well in the Rapid and Blitz thing. I'm not sure. Maybe it's more of a feel thing. But also if you look at his classical rating. no, He used to be higher and is at 2740. I didn't think we were being harsh. I think we're all fans fans of Richie. Played some amazing games here. Had some not so good games. I would say he's in the middle probably. Not not a loser of the event also clearly. Not a winner. What do you got? I'm, I'm confused uh, as always by Richie. I cannot predict a single uh, uh, result, a single move at times. You know this G5, G4 against uh, who was that? Against Sergei, you know, when he has this, you know, you don't know. That have was a fun game. game, yeah. Yeah, it, it's the best line of the computer. So, I mean, just Richie is Richie, and uh, yeah, it's always uh, always nice to to watch him play. Uh, of course, I, I, I regret his last round where he didn't get, uh, he played a fun opening, but then uh, he didn't get his position. But for him, it's always the same problem. When 
these top guys, they play, uh, they all, if, if you notice, they all play one E4 against him. It's much more direct. He's always playing some kind of, you know, half cup openings and he's getting into Petrov, trouble. So, like the Petrov, so, this kind of crap. Yeah, yeah but then then <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't know it. Uh, Berlin, he will play 97 or something. I mean, like, he's always playing some, some random stuff. You, you really haven't updated your knowledge the last three years, right? <laughs> really? I think so. Yeah. No, okay, I think it's it's an interesting topic. I think he's still torn between the two worlds of trying to be creative and playing some non-standard stuff, which worked well in this game against Erugaisi. But there's also clearly work going into just having a very solid, tight repertoire and introducing the the Petrov and so on and just ma mainstream openings. I'm not sure if he's a bit stuck between two worlds, but it looks like he's trying to join. The world like of boring, it, yeah? boring clickers with computer preparation. Of course, he's still a special, special talent. But I have a feeling he's working yeah. in that direction. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, to me, it doesn't look like he's working. But okay, I, I don't think he's doing much. But uh, he also brought a, brought a second. Um, yeah, blanking on the name, even though I played him in Bundesliga recent, recently. A Hungarian guy, Banush. Is that what he's called? Ah, okay. So strong, yeah, Banush, yeah, strong okay. Hungarian grandmaster. Okay. So basically, he changed to Romania, but he keeps employing uh, Hungarian, yeah? Those are the tightest openings. That's why I thought he's trying to go mainstream. Hungarian openings are legendary. Fair enough. You're right about that. Yeah, I mean, I disagree a bit with Luang, uh, but we disagreed before the tournament, we disagreed uh, after the tournament, so at least we are both sticking to our positions, be they right or wrong. Yeah. Okay, I think we covered all the players in case we forgot someone. We are incredibly sorry, but now I can see the list here. Um, yeah, it's it's a long, long, long event. 13 rounds with three three rest days. Um, in general, the spirit, I think, was good. Like, people seemed in a good mood in the breakfast room whenever you you saw, saw anybody around. And it also looks like these guys, okay, a lot of them are veterans, of course. They... They know how to sort of keep it casual away from the chessboard and not stressing out too much. So I thought the mood was good because it's really a, yeah, a special place. Like everybody in the same sort of small hotel weather improved during the event, but it was, was very on and off. It's not always great and <laughs> it can be windy and, and rainy. The side activities, yeah, the choice of restaurants at least among the veterans is not that big. So even though I'm sure we were trying to avoid each other, we very often ended on the table Next to Peter and Magnus and Henrik, like, I think it was a bit of stalking on their side. Clearly, like, uh, Sw Switzerland, uh, Italian, though you were usually there first, so I'm not sure my stalking theory holds up. But yeah, basically, for us, we were alternating between three restaurants, the Sonnenbank, the Klein Switzerland, and the Italian. And I think that's an approach many people take. So it's a small world. One day, one day we had dinner, we were sitting at a table next to Magnus and the other table was Abdus Satorov and his mom. And Anish was playing Abdus Satorov the next day on the neighboring table. My Danish is not great, but I could hear Sotovsky and Rusland. So it was, uh, <laughs> <coughs> it was a fun dinner. How many times did you talk to each other? 
during the, the I mean you went for this walk yeah after the we podcast. went for the walk we went for the walk yeah we, yeah and then then I mean like what, what let's it's very interesting I think I mean for me at least when you are into this restaurant so you see who is let's say uh, where when you 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 met them and Abdul Sator was there so let's say I think the Carlsen are going there oh maybe ah no maybe Gia is going there who, who arrives first in the, in the restaurant I think. Team Mag on that evening, Team Magnus was already there. We were second, then Abdus Satorov arrived last. But Abdus Satorov left, left first. They just ordered a pizza and went back to business. No, no, no but that, that's very interesting. So when you enter the restaurant with Gay, how do you behave? Well, you just ask for a table. It's always crowded. It's always crowded because there are many amateurs. So you just ask for a table for two and then you sit wherever they put you. But you, you, you notice the Carson. So how do you behave with the Carson? You say hi, you, you make some, some sign with your hand, or you just don't say anything? I think there's normally no greeting. I made some dumb joke when I overheard Ru Rusland and Sutovsky, of course, couldn't help, couldn't help myself. <laughs> But of course, Peter around our niche is usually quiet as well. Well, <laughs> Laurent, I think to explain it so you understand, it's basically like if you are together with your present girlfriend and there is an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> you are not going to talk to the ex-girlfriend because your present girlfriend will, you know... Be, be ner nervous. I would say hi to the ex-girlfriend if we were in the same restaurant. That is true. But if you just talk alone with the ex-girlfriend, you will chat a lot like this. So you can see me and Jan, we go for a walk. We speak for a long time. It's very friendly. But when we are sort of together with our current owners, we just ignore each other. So that's more or less the dynamic. <laughs> with our current owners. In Team Gary, we don't use the term owners, but yeah. <laughs> no, for me, basically the same. I mean, when I met uh, Vichy, When we were alone at breakfast, we spoke for a long time. I could see he was a bit nervous. That was because Dvorkovic was coming. When I passed with him, you know, together with Magnus, we ignore each other. When I pass him on my own, I, I say hi and stuff like this. This is, well, you, you get the dynamics, right? No, no I mean, not, not fully, no, but I, also, I like it. <laughs> also, like it. the dynamics are a bit special. Like, I think everybody else talks to each other at, at breakfast and you greet people where you walk by them, but you are, of course, very focused on your team and your guy and so on. With Abdus Satorov, like, um, they were sitting at the table next to us the day before he played Anish. And I think it was Abdus Satorov's mom who, who asked me if I could move my chair a bit backwards. Because really, it's a really small place. So everybody's very close to each other. And Anish said, wow, they're already starting to push us around. And there was some love, but that was the only interaction that was was someone pushing around the next day i think it depends who it is for instance i guess i'm the only one who says regularly hi to ding my guess is that uh, not many others do right so yeah i think it depends a bit on the person i also went for a walk with one other second for instance so i mean you are actually not my only social right. contact. greetings to kazim yeah i also did i also did we he's uh, he's uh, he's double dipping Yeah, mm. triple dipping. I mean, that's well, like Kasim we know and love, right? So, yeah. It's always nice to talk to Kasim, yes. Uh, of course. <laughs> Loves yes. the place, always positive. But, but Jan, <laughs> when we spoke about the big winners in white, you were too modest to mention yourself. I mean, we saw here now Sokolov. I mean, he just signed, I think, an agreement with the Romanian national team. You know, he won with the Uzbeks. He's been in the Netherlands. I mean, well, your stocks are also going up these days. Yes, right? that's amazing. I mean, this is like you, you win something big. And then the offers keeps coming, right? I haven't I haven't seen a lot of offers in my in my mailbox, but yeah, obviously without fake modesty, I, I can't take take a lot of credit. It's a long event. I think we got along well. It's also no secret. Anish was already well prepared, well prepared before I entered the picture. Like you do what you can. You you know how it is. Like a lot of the job is also 
walking, having having dinners, then you do some clicking and you debate so, some strategies and so on. But of course, he has, especially in the opening, in an amazing overview. It's also not, not a secret. We <coughs> don't be so shy. Don't be so shy and modest. I mean, the guy is not winning. I mean, he's playing super tournaments for 10 years. Then you just join him in in Vike, he just wins. I mean, it's a great. I mean, no, it's, of course, it's a it's a nice start, but it's not like it was his first time doing well in Vike. No, he finished second five times, and you could argue here something's had to happen in the last round. No, I'm very pleased, of course, but you know me, I'm not shy taking credit, but I think the credit very much belongs to Anisha. Yeah. It's not like these three world championship matches I won by myself. Yeah, by showing the marshal, the Arctic, <laughs> the marshal. <laughs> Man, that special cover match got a little close, but we're keen to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Marshal and Luke, I think, is going to play as a guy. He's going to play A4 anti Marshal. This is your old tick. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all do. They all do. <laughs> okay. Okay, before we move on to the other segments, we have one very <laughs> exciting detective story. Peter, I'm not sure that part reached you or if you were interrogated or if you heard it, literally heard it. Because one night, there were very, very, very loud lovemaking noises in the Fletcher Hotel, which has very thin walls. You could basically hear conversations um, on, the, on the floor or in the room next to you. That's why we only talked about chess moves in Nor Morse code. But there, was, there were very loud sounds throughout the night, like 11 p.m., 5 a.m., again in the morning. Really? And I, I did a, a thorough investigation, of course, at breakfast, questioning people. Everybody else had heard it. Some people claimed they had heard nothing, which at first I thought made them more suspicious. <laughs> but then I thought the people that said that they, they heard it, it's like this who farted. Um, you were also usually saying, guys, 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 did you, also, did you also hear that very loud noise? Or do, can you also smell it? So the investigation kept on going. My current theory is, I can't name names, of course, that there might have been two killers. There might have been two people. It was too much for just one person. <laughs> and uh, from one suspect, I heard. Yeah, there might have been something, but not, not all. Um, so it's, it's an ongoing story. But which... it's, uh, are you sure it's a chess player? Do you think it's a chess player? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a player who was in the tournament. It could also be there was one player, one not player. We'll never find out. But Peter, you didn't hear anything? How could you not hear not at all. I, well, I heard noise here and there, but not uh, of the kind you, you mentioned. So, um, but okay, no, if he's, if he's I, not I, at the same floor, maybe you are at the same floor, no? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. You could hear anything ah, on any floor. At, I talked to people the, on the first, second, third, fourth floor. Seriously. <laughs> but come on. Very <laughs> serious. Yeah. I... I honestly can say that this is the first time I, I hear this uh, this rumor, but uh, it's not a rumor. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, well, fair enough. Um, well, it uh, doesn't strike me as illegal, but um, so I mean, yeah, I have no particular comment to that. It's um, of course, well, there should be investigations that a chess player had sex, so, but so, so even even so, also shows how much how much stuff is happening in Vike. That this is a big big story. That yeah. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that um, I, I'm sorry that I cannot contribute to any kind of. The, it's not the topic I have been uh, involved in debating. I have to say, so um, I apologize. Uh, you, you know, from dinners with sub subjects, it seems that I, I'm talking about. So yeah, no, 
I'm sorry, but it's a good juicy rumor. It should be inter- sort of investigated. <laughs> it's really but, not uh, a rumor. Ask anybody else but Peter who was in that hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, I was at the fourth floor, so, to my defense. So I think, uh, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. All you wanted to say. Let's move on. That was Vike Anze. What is next in the chess world? The Champions Chess Tour, I think it's still called Champions Chess Tour, returns. The qualifier is on Friday, February 1st. Then the main event is from Monday 6th till, um, I don't know what day that is, Friday the 10th? It, yeah, it's just, it's just much shorter than it used to be. We debated the format before yeah. we went on air. I'm not smart enough to understand it, but it will be exciting. Magnus and Wesley are seated for the top group. I'm sure we'll have a lot of players participating, trying to qualify into the three groups. Did you guys understand it? Or let's not make it half an hour. But the, I have been extremely practical, so I only looked at it from my work perspective. As I understand Magnus plays the final. It's the so-called double knockout event, which means... If he loses uh, one match, I still have to work the next one. But should he lose two matches, then it's over, basically. So that's as much as I get. And if uh, in the final day, there can maximum be two left. And if one of them has lost one match, the other one hasn't lost any. I think the concept is the one who has lost one needs to win this match and then win a tiebreak as well. So I only understand the thing. Else, I think there is some different divisions. And in principle, everybody of a certain strength in the world can enter and just fight his way through to the final. You have to be a grandmaster. I think. Okay, but like I, that. I, so I, basically... Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I, I checked briefly uh, and I didn't try to understand the full stuff because I understood uh, it would take me a lot of time and it was not uh, 100% guarantees that I would <laughs> eventually manage to understand it <laughs> at the end of the day. So that, that could be a pure uh, waste of time. So I, I didn't do it. No, but as far as I, I get it, if you are, I mean, you can end the division free, and if you just keep winning, you you end up playing the final against the world elite in three, four days, right? That's the basic. No, that's for yeah. sure. I received an email from from chess.com saying that I was qualified for the for the qualifier, so I could enter the qualifier. So that's uh, that's. I mean, then I checked the time control. I saw ten plus two. I thought, okay, maybe. Let's see, but yeah. Uh, Probably not. <laughs> let's let's not do that. Yeah. We'll be fun to watch and we'll yeah. figure out how yeah. the format let's see, works. Let's see how it as works. As we yeah. go along, as yeah. we always yeah. do, like exactly. when we do commentary. My, my first question is always one minute before it starts. What's the format? What's the time control? No, no, no. Well prepared. Um, that brings us to everyone's favorite segment. It's back after a hiatus in a new mode. Five minutes of Fide uninterrupted by Peter Heine Nielsen. Peter, clock is ticking. Three, two, one, go. Yeah, okay. Well, I think it, Kazakhstan has been chosen as the venue for the World Championship match. Uh, and, well, that is again very much mixing sports and politics. The The main sponsor of the event is uh, uh, Timur Turlov. He is uh, sanctioned by Ukraine. He was in the Russian Forbes uh, 2022, uh, well, oligarch billionaire list. Now he's changed his citizenship to, to Kazakhstan. But, uh, well, still his ties to Russia is, is, is obvious. Um, 
There is direct ties from him to, to Dvorkovich via Hermann Greff. Hermann Greff is the, I think he is the CEO of Sperrbank. And just sort of quite shortly after the, the full-scale invasion of Ukraine had started, um, there was problems with sanctions of Russian banks. And a lot of deals happened. One of them was selling parts of uh, the Sperrbank part of um from Kazakhstan was sold from with Gref to Turlov's company, and we are talking about billion uh, dollar deals here at a very crucial moment. Uh, Hermann Graf is has been closely connected to to Dvorkovich for a long time in in politics. They are old colleagues, and uh, quite recently, for instance, uh, Hermann Graf did a, a very famous interview for the Financial uh, Times, and he speaks, for instance, about his. Uh, birthday party with uh, Dvorkovich. Dvorkovich turned uh, 50 in, in March last year. And he talks about them having uh, a party. Dvorkovich has invited everybody from the elite and especially sort of noteworthy is uh, Igor Shuvalov showing up, also a Russian oligarch and politician. He shows up in a, in a sort of Russian set t-shirt and uh, makes a very sort of uh, flaming pro-Putin speech. I don't think that is very suitable for... Uh, a feeder president. But anyway, also, it's important to understand the political relevance of uh, Kazakhstan. They are closely connected to, to Russia. There is a lot of talks about sanctions being circumvented via Kazakhstan. It's also important to understand that in beginning of 2022, uh, Russia, Russian paratroopers was uh, landing in Kazakhstan to help stabilize the uh, situation due to sort of ongoing riots there. And we could go on like this. Um, I think also in terms of sanctions, it's relevant to mention that right now FIDE is having uh, their Paralympics Games in, in Serbia. Paralympics is a great idea to have uh, sort of um, games for, for players with uh, physical disabilities. However, again, you see this very obvious political context. For instance, the, the main sponsor of the event is the gas company called NIS. Uh, it's a Serbian company but it's more than 50%, it's owned by Gazprom. So again, you see Russian state money sort of being funneled into the chess world, funneled into feeder finances. That is generally wrong. And again, it's at, in a country that is very connected to sanctions without and Russia. Right now, uh, there's ongoing negotiations. Uh, the Western world is trying to get Serbia to actually sanction Russia as part of the EU ne negotiations the country is having. So it constantly ends up being politicized like that, which I think is, is uh, very wrong. Well, it's been a long time since we had this segment. There has also been the story, for instance, about uh, Bayat, the, the, the FIDE arbiter in, in Reykjavik, who was wearing a Iranian, sort of pro-Iranian female uh, shirt. And, uh, well, you see a lot of political politicizing of, of chess in, in that way. And the problem is that if an arbiter wears a pro sort of process in Iran shirts, it will be heavily criticized. But in other ways, we see it coming in all the time. Of course, also on the bigger scene, you would have probably noticed that uh, Ukrainian top politicians like, uh, of course, President Zelensky, but also I think the foreign minister Kuleba is talking a lot about, not about chess, that's too small for them, but they're talking about the IOC and the Olympiads and can we have Russian athletes competing on the neutral flag. And FIDE has very much been, um, you can say, the, the guinea pigs of that. We have been doing this kind of neutrality, and they want to do it on a much bigger scale. And you can see that Ukrainians are fighting 
heavily against this at the moment. You can see both Zelensky made a three-minute speech where he was uh, criticizing the IOC. He was inviting Thomas Bach, please come to Bakhmut and see the actual devastation of a population. They were showing a lot of sports fertilities who has been completely bombed. They're showing uh, Ukrainian athletes who has been killed. And I think we face similar questions in the chess world. Can we actually have this kind of neutrality we have? Well, the chess world seems to think we can, but on a sort of a bigger level, it's a heavily debated issue at, at the moment. Thanks a lot, Peter. Those were <laughs> five minutes on on FIDE. So do we like that format? Oh, I mean, I didn't listen to... I mean, do, do we like in the space that format? I mean, Let like, us know on, on Twitter at chicken underscore chess. I mean, I mean... Ah, <laughs> No, I was asking you, Jan. You like it? You prefer it that, that way, yeah? Like, he, he goes five minutes and then you don't listen? I think it's the best solution for, for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I obviously think that's wrong because what the problem in the chess world is that... Five minutes uh, are over. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But this is, now we're talking about our podcast that uh, the big questions are asked, but then we don't get any answers. But, uh, well, I mean, at least we can... We can be part of that system in, in, in a way. No, but we don't, we don't, I mean, we don't speak about that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that, that's the exact problem. So, <laughs> yeah. No, we don't speak about that. We don't speak about that. We, we speak about the format. If it's better that you get interrupted or not. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the people will have to decide. Uh, and also I'll have to get used to it. Let's vote and we won't, we won't follow the vote, of course. We'll just decide. No, no, it will be, I mean... This is, I think, a famous joke by, by Kramnik. Elon Musk. No, actually by Kramnik. He said that uh, before some... Uh, oh, it was Asmai who made the joke. But before some event, the feeder was asking the player. So they got responses from 20 persons. And uh, I think 19 of them was in favor of one thing. And Kramnik was in favor of the other thing. And they chose Kramnik's pr proposition. But at least they could say after consulting the players. right? Yeah. So we will consult our listeners and then we'll make up on our mind on our own, right? Sure. Anyway, Jan didn't think that was funny. On a, on a serious note, all of those are, of course, very serious topics. We, we made the decision, I think, for now that it's better for the podcast if we don't argue about it every episode, but instead give, give Peter space to say, to say his piece. We'll, we'll see how we handle it. It's a bit it annoying. It's in a bit the, annoying. In the future. Huh? I'm not that happy about it, but yeah. Let's, let's end on some listeners question we apparently still have three listeners or more so thank you everybody out there who's who's hanging in there a tree for a while is saying are there special precautions one takes while traveling with white sneakers avoid cold beaches carry cleaning supplies i guess that's for me because i'm of course a big lobbyist for white sneakers currently wearing some not that clean but very very white sneakers oh, um, i I can testify. Jan has impeccably white uh, sneakers, even when we go to um, to 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 dinners. And uh, well, basically, he I mean, he puts out his long legs with white sneakers, basically where one has to to walk past. But he would remove them now and then. So, but uh, I mean, he's basically flashing and his, would show uh, his white object, and they are and they foot. are very impressive. <laughs> no, no, don't. Oh, white I'm legs. white shaming his his sneakers, not his body. That, we are okay. just yeah, it, we are white shaming yeah, everything. So. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, so no. I don't know how Jan does it, but he does it very effectively. I can tell you one secret. Uh, I spent my time during the rounds in Vike, not every day, but a bunch of days, more than every other day, going to the gym in Beverwijk. And one 
secret to having very clean sneakers is going with your boots to the gym, then realizing once you're there, and it's like, it's, it was a longish trip. It took like 45 minutes to get there. So I didn't want to get back, and I also didn't want to not go to the gym. So I went to the sneaker store nearby and bought the cheapest pair of very white sneakers so I could get to the gym because I didn't want to go with boots. So I had a clean, clean backup pair. I mean, you're very impressive, but if you compare you to Aronian, I think Aronian's comes natural while you actually put in a lot of effort to, to upkeep this uh, high level, right? But why, why, did you, why did you buy the cheapest? Because I already had three pairs with me, and I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a limited sneakers budget. Okay. Uh, it was before Anis won the event, right? He couldn't know how it would go. So, yeah. yeah. Joe Hegel is asking. Some very good questions. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't know why, why you went to this question. No, no, the time, time is over. Sorry. Next time, Joe. And then let's end. Are you, are you kidding Paul me? Salier. No. How can Laurent find a way to call Giri the chicken of the week despite his winning Vike? Ah, easy. That's not going to be a problem. Yeah, easy, of course. Easy. I mean, look, uh, just listen to him, how he was talking about Tabex. And you get your, your chicken. There you go. On that note, Anish Giri chicken of the week <laughs> not sure it's gonna hurt his feelings much this time congratulations to the winners condolences to the losers of i can say chess will keep going as will this podcast maybe i think maybe whenever now <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody for for listening and we'll see you not literally next week peter final thought I think that you skipped a very relevant uh, question from the <laughs> listeners. And I strongly object to that and I'd like to apologize. See you next week. Bye. Bye.